Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner, Wade Chessman. Today, we're going to play a little bit of fact or fiction with Wade Chessman at Chessman Wealth Strategies. We're going to determine whether or not these financial items are fact or fiction. You might believe some of these things to be true, but maybe they're not in reality or vice versa. So we're going to test Wade and test your financial, uh, (laughs) I guess, acuity in this arena, and we'll find out. So looking forward to this one today, Wade. Yeah, me too. Fact or fiction. Let's do it. How's everything going in the office? Uh, reminder, everybody can find you online at chessmanwealth.com, but how's everything? Everything's going great. You know, we're we're here. We're we're meeting with people more and more in person. But of course, we never really left. So we're right. Whatever you guys are comfortable with, we still do Zoom meetings. We still meet in person, but things are going really well and um, we're excited. Very good. If you haven't visited the website too and, and you want to kind of learn more about what what Chessman Wealth does and how they help their clients. There's a ton on there, especially really the in, insight ta- uh, insights tab. There's mm-hmm. market commentary, newsletters, news. I mean, it seems like every time I get on there, Wade, you guys have added something to the website. Oh, we got tons of stuff on there. It's, it's really great. Uh, I've got videos. I'm, I've been doing quite a few videos. It's the Checkmate video series. So there's lots of things to get on that. Well, the website's almost overwhelming. There's so much, but I definitely urge you to go out there and check it out. Yeah, the good thing is there's something for everybody. So no matter if you're more advanced in the in the in the area of retirement planning, financial planning, or just getting started, there's going to be something on there for you to learn. So when you get done with the podcast, check them out, chessmanwealth.com. All right, let's play some fact or fiction today. And I want to start off with this one, Wade. Tell me, is this fact or fiction? Your social security is taxable. Well, that's a fact. It could be. It's not not taxable for everybody. It depends on you know, if you don't have any other real income sources, then Social Security is probably not taxable, right? But once you start making, having some other money from IRAs, other sources of income, maybe you're still working, then part of your Social Security could be taxable. For example, half your Social Security would be taxable if uh, you make anywhere from thirty-two to 44000 for a married couple. And then 85% of it could be taxable if your income is more than 44000 for a couple. So it depends. You know, some people, their Social Security is not taxable. Some it is. Most of our clients, a good chunk of them, their Social Security is going to be taxable because they have other income sources on top of their Social Security that causes their Social Security to be taxable. So fact or fiction, I guess it just, that's one of those, it depends. Much like a lot of the things we talk about on this podcast is there's nothing it's not black or white but say for a lot of people their social security could be taxable but if you plan it correctly you might be able to avoid taxation on your um, social security that's even more motivation to get to work on your plan if you haven't already exactly all right fact or fiction your taxes will likely be lower in retirement well i think that was a standard thought you know back mm-hmm. in the day it's like hey we're going to save money you know, put money in pre-tax retirement accounts. And then when we get in retirement, taxes will actually be lower. And for a lot of people, that that probably has worked out pretty well. But in the future, I'm not so sure that that's necessarily always going to be the case. Because number one, a lot of us, and we've talked about this a ton, but for a lot of us, a lot of our retirement income is going to come in the form of 
distributions from 401ks, IRAs, maybe pensions, maybe annuities, a lot of that money is going to be taxable. And so you, you're taxed on that. Then we just talked about Social Security so that that could cause your Social Security to be taxed, which causes greater taxes. Plus, we don't know what taxes are going to be in the future. And I think they're going to be higher from the same reasons we talked about on the last few podcasts is because taxes are right now historically low. Uh, the Biden administration is talking about raising those. And it's not a political statement. I mean, that's just what they've talked about. And then I think in the future, with all the entitlements that we have, and again, entitlements doesn't mean uh, you're not entitled to them. I mean, you paid into Social Security, you paid into Medicare, you're entitled to the benefit, but we still have to pay for it. So I think it's going to take more and more taxes in the future. So will your taxes be lower in retirement? Is that a factor of fiction? I'd say for a lot of it's it's fiction. Well, that might surprise a few people by that answer, Wade. So I'm glad uh, we talked through that. But well, and you know how the reason the way you can know is to again broken record, but planning, right? Yep. Don't just just don't hope. Hope's not a good strategy. Yeah, no need to guess when you can actually figure it out. No, that's sure. right. I mean, you, you know? there's no you're, you're never going to know for certain, but you can certainly do. You can certainly go into it with more information than just hoping. Absolutely. All right. Fact or fiction, let's shift gears to insurance uh, for this one. Term life insurance is better than permanent insurance. It's one of those fact or fiction that depends, right? Don't you hate that answer? (laughs) You just want to know, right? I'd say for for sure, Wade. Okay. I'd say for a lot lot of people, the vast majority of people, and this is why I like Dave Ramsey is a big term life guy, and I understand that. For, For the vast majority of people, term life insurance probably makes the most sense because you're just paying for the actual insurance and that's it. And it's inexpensive. It's cheap. It just gives you the coverage that you need. The main reason you're buying it is for replacement of income in case you kick the bucket. So I'd say for the you know vast majority of the population, that's probably true. But there, that doesn't mean there's not a place for permanent insurance for certain individuals. Like if you have... Um, you know, it can be used pretty, it's a nice estate planning tool. If you've got, you know, a taxable estate, you want to do some protect against estate taxes, that, that'd that be a reason for permanent insurance. And for certain people that want to save money in a more tax advantaged way, then permanent life insurance can help you do that through the use of like things like whole life insurance, index life insurance, uh, universal life. They can have a place in an in a individual's portfolio if, again, for the right person. If you look at a lot of the executive comp plans that are out there for large companies, they're using life insurance for those. So I think it's a, the problem is you've got a lot of people out there that are life insurance salesmen. Because uh, most, but let's face it, most people don't go out and seek out life insurance. They're usually sold it, right? And I think what you see is a lot of people that are sold policies that maybe just aren't appropriate for them and their given stage of life. And that puts kind of a stain on the whole permanent life insurance side of our business. So so the answer is it, term life insurance better fact for probably a good chunk of the population. That's a fact, but it's not true for everyone. There is a place for permanent insurance depending on your situation. And I have permanent insurance and I think for me it's, it's appropriate. But if I'm 
20 years old and just starting out in life, probably I just need some term. Does that nebulous enough? I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, and, and we, we, we joke about it, but I mean, the, the, the reason why there is no set answer is because everybody's different, right? That's right. You know, but so, I, I can say there is a, in general, that is true. Right. You know, term's better, but not always. Got it. All right. Factor fiction here, Wade. Medicare will cover most of your medical needs in retirement. Well, I th- I'd say that's a fiction. Well, most. Okay. Most probably true, but not all. Okay. So, you know, Medicare by itself, you got Medicare Part A that covers hospital, Part B is going to be doctors and things like that. Part D is for drugs. But if you're on normal Medicare, uh, there's a gap. There's a, you know, Medicare Part B pays for 80%, and then you're responsible for 20%. So that's why they came up with the whole supplemental insurance business, the the Medigap policies to cover that gap. There's also something called Medicare Advantage where you can kind of go to one, it's almost like an HMO where it's a one-stop shop. But so I'd say even if you have Medicare and you have a supplement, there's still things that aren't covered. Hearing aids aren't covered, dental work, you know, as we get older, our our teeth, you know, aren't going to hold up as long and dental is not covered. Hearing aids aren't covered. There's certain things that aren't covered. Medicare certainly will cover the vast majority of things, but it wasn't designed to cover every single thing. So it's still nice to have doing your planning is to take into account not only your Medicare Part B premium, your Medicare supplement premium, but also those expenses that just aren't going to be covered. So there's certain things that so I'd say, is that a fact or fiction? I'd say fact that it covers most, but it doesn't cover all. And you want to make sure you plan for that. Very good. Very good. I got one more for you before we finish out our fact or fiction. You've done a great job so far, Wade. You are f- passing with flying colors. But our last one here, <laughs> as you get older, fact or fiction, you should gradually shift from stocks to bonds. I would say that is more fiction because not necessarily you should shift from stocks to bonds. I think you should probably more shift about how you think about pulling money out of your portfolio. So think of it in more of a in terms of you know the bucketing approach that we've talked about, I think, before, where you've got money in different buckets. How bucket one would be your short-term bucket. It's really designed to take care of those monthly distributions that you have going on. Bucket two would be would be a little more volatile. Maybe it's a balanced fund or a you know corporate bond fund. And then you have bucket three. That's your growth bucket. The thing you want to try to avoid in retirement is pulling money out of bucket three, the more growth-oriented part of your portfolio when the market's headed on the downward swing. And that's why we recommend this bucketing approach. I wouldn't say necessarily you need to shift all to bonds. I mean, it might be appropriate to reduce your risk a little bit, but I think it's more important to have a plan for withdrawal that helps protect your money during the bad time. So I'd say I'd say that's fiction but it doesn't mean you just leave things the way they are and don't have a plan. It's really important to have a plan. And uh, so that's, that's kind of what I would say on that one is not necessarily. It's just in stone. You shift from stocks to bonds. I'd say it's more important to have, just have a plan for when it's time to start taking money out of your portfolio. We've talked about it before, you know, the, the accumulation phase versus the, income phase of life. The accumulation phase is a little bit easier because you're just putting money in. You're not too worried about it. But when you're pulling money out, that's the key. That's the critical time that you have to make sure you have a plan in place. So 
that's what I would say. Again, it comes back to not, not just hoping. Hope's not a strategy. It's putting a plan together. Got it. Planning is the key. So, you know, that's why I want to bring some of these topics to your attention because you might have heard some of these before, but maybe a little more clarity on whether or not they are fact or fiction. Got a couple of mailbag questions for you today on the show, Way I want to get, or we're throwing a bunch of things your way. So why not a couple of questions from listeners while we're at it? All right, cool. Uh, first one comes in from Greg, says, I'm being, I'm being offered an early retirement package for my company that includes a severance package and a pension buyout. Is it wise to consider this? I mean, it's certainly wise to consider it. It depends on your situation, obviously, but sometimes it's kind of the writing on the wall from the company saying, hey, here we're going to offer this to you and we really want you to consider it kind of thing. Maybe it's a company like you know the airline industry that's had a lot of problems this year, last year and this year where they're trying to reduce the workforce. So you may not be in a position, you may not, I know I had one friend of mine that got that offer from the, from the airline and she, she just wasn't ready to do it. And that's fine. She just kept going, but a few people were. So it's certainly wise to at least take a look at it. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's an opportunity to take a nice package and uh, move on. You know, maybe there's another opportunity out there for you that you, that you weren't even aware of. So Again, I, I wouldn't just take it and hope. I would take it and make sure that you can still accomplish all the things you want to accomplish for your long-term objectives. Thanks for that question, Greg. Again, you can always send in your questions at chessmanwealth.com. Andy wrote in, said, how much of my portfolio is it okay to have invested in just one stock? I have about $2 million, but almost half of it is invested in one company. Well, you know, what I'd say is talk to your friends at Enron, and you never know what can happen. I mean, they say that you can grow, become wealthy by a non-diversification, right? Just having all your eggs in one basket, but you stay wealthy by diversification, right? So, you know, if you're Jeff Bezos and you put he's put all his money in one stock, he kind of hit the lottery and he's with Amazon and now he's one of the richest men in the world. But he's got so much, there's not much that can happen, but... You've got $2 million. Half of it is in the one stock. What if it happened to be a company like Exxon, right? That stock hasn't done much in the last 10 years. You know, what if you're getting ready to retire and you remember the Exxon Valdez when they ran into the ground and spilled all the oil? So you don't know. What I would say is you can stress test your portfolio out. We have It's part of our planning process. We can show you here's your concentrated stock. It's maybe it's made you a lot of money. What if this happens? What if this happens? How would it affect your plan? That, that, that'd be kind of cool to know, right? If this stock went down 50%, could you still accomplish all that you want? And stocks can do that, you know, especially individual stocks, because you just, you know, bad things can happen, right? You, you may hit, you know, you've hit the lottery and maybe you have the next Amazon, but maybe you own Sears. Maybe you own sure. another company. Maybe you had GM before, you know, it went bankrupt. So, I would say you're putting a lot of risk in having that much money in one stock. With how quickly technology changes today, it doesn't take long for a company's product to be obsolete in in many cases. So, Oh, for sure. Definitely something to consider. Thanks for that question, Andy. Andy and Greg, we appreciate it. Again, you can send in your questions at chessmanwealth.com. We'll try to answer them here on the show with the information you provide us and try to give you the best direction. But as always, recommend sitting down with a, a financial professional, an advisor, a planner like Wade that can help you actually go into the details of, of where, where your current situation is, where you're trying to go, and actually give you some specific answers to those questions. 
All right, Wade, that's it for this episode of The Money Night. We appreciate it as always and look forward to talking to you again on the next episode. Thanks, Ben. It was great. The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.